Greetings, fellow investigators, and welcome to our video podcast, Into the Darkness, where my friends and I will attempt to write a complete scenario for the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. I'm your host, Tom Rayleigh. So a few weeks have gone by with various delays for personal reasons, including my move to a new location. David and I are mostly settled in, but I'm still uh, setting up my studio, and I hope to have it all done in a week or so. Uh, a few of our creators were unable to attend tonight, so we'll just go over what we can with the people we have. Writing's not an easy uh, or a smooth occupation. I think Morgan is probably set to give us the most information this week, so let's begin with him. Morgan? Uh, yeah, so I think one of the, a few times ago when we met up, I had around, uh, um, I don't know, I had a decent bit of it done, at least as far as um, getting at least a little bit for everything that was going to be included, but I've now gone through and I've started to try to flush things out more, so at the moment I have is a decently sized thing. I'm not sure what needs to be added or taken away yet, so. You said you got about 5,000 words. 5,000 words so far for my my sections and i'm not sure how long we wanted to go i mean lengthwise with with the scenario so i don't know how how long the first part of it should be in the second half you know that's that tyler's working on my my opinion in writing is you write it as long as you want and then you and then you cut it down to, uh, yeah, that makes sense yeah my my opinion is it's not up to you <laughs> once you finish <laughs> once you finish writing it the editor takes it that's and it'll true. become as long as it ends up all right, well, there you go. There's the um, answer, folks. <laughs> and sometimes, believe it or not, that's longer because uh, editors will add or they'll make you add uh, if there's major gaps. So you worry about being an author and don't worry about the word count unless you have a limit, unless you are told by your publisher or editor, do not turn in anything over 12,000 words. Okay. If you turn in 13,005, they're not going to be happy. If you know, and again, uh, if you turn in 8,000 words when they said your word limit was 12, they might not be happy. Although you can write a solid, wonderful classic in 8,000 words, it you know, it's gonna, it's gonna run about three hours, but uh, you know, you can now. Is that because they've sort of, oh, by experience, they've sort of predetermined how long a scenario will be based on that, or? Are they trying to fit it into so many pages because of publishing reasons? Um, why would a publisher issue a word limit? Um, well, a I mean, I, I'm trying to narrow your question. Okay, well, since I work on a lot of publications, um, I try to explain to people that everything has to be in sets of four pages. So if you end up with four pages and a little bit more, it, it screws everything up because you have, I have to have eight page, four pages or eight pages or, or 12 pages. When you're, you your, your, your layout artist can fix all of that. Um, so that's not a concern. You just make the art a little bit bigger. Um, you turn something into a box text and blow it out. Um, a good layout artist does not ha is not going to make that a, a major concern. Okay. So that makes sense. Um, the, the word limit is a lot of people are not going to want to read a 20,000 word scenario. They may. Like if we have a few books out that are just one scenario. 
like writing the northbound that's coming out in a few months or um riot at red plank it's a, it's a book that's just one scenario those are about twenty thousand words because that's the book you're not going to buy one scenario that's you know 10 pages long but you know 30 pages 40 pages you may um, if you're doing a, a collection of books of scenarios you'll want them between 10 and 12 uh, because then they'll be between 15 and 25 pages each and you'll fill the you know, a 200 page book in like four or five scenarios. Oh. Um, so if you're, if you're doing a collection, eight to 12 is a good range. You're going to let your really well known authors get two to that two to 3000 words more because people are not going to mind reading another four or five pages by them. Your new guys, you're going to want to keep them brief because they don't have the fan base um, and they're learning their craft. Um, they may be able to tell a great story in their eight to 10,000 word range because they're telling a story with a narrower scope because they haven't yet developed the chops to have multiple storylines and, and, you know, half a dozen NPCs, you know, they may want to tell a more intimate kind of story where somebody with 10 years of experience, they're not afraid of telling that epic that's going to end in like blowing up the death star. Um, right. So really it's, as a publisher, it would be who the author is, what the project is, um, that sort of thing. That makes sense. I don't know if that overcomplicates the, the answer, but. No. And another publisher may have a whole nother answer to that question. So right. that's just, this is just me. Yeah, no, it makes sense that uh, the newbies write less than the people who have a great deal of experience because of course they have, like you say, a fan base. Um, if, if I'll just mention it, if, if Sanderson writes something, he's already got the Sanderson fan base. Right. To read his stuff. And the new guys are unproven and they might flake out. Um, not only do they not have a, a reputation with the fans, they don't have a reputation with the editor or the publisher yet. Right. So you don't know how this person's going to be in rewrites. You don't know how this person's going to be with deadlines. Um, if you're banking on a section of the book and you've got that unknown variable, maybe you want it to be not as large a section of the book. <laughs> um, you know, people do flake out. People do cancel. Real world stuff happens. And even the best people sometimes cannot deliver on their commitments. Mm -hmm. it, it happens. You know, no harm, no foul. The world is not a perfect place. It's true with any author. Yeah, with any author. I've had, I've had some golden age greats flake on me. And, you know, I say flake as, you know, stuff happens and it's out of their control. Sure. I get that. Mm -hmm. I don't mean to make it sound like they're flaky. It's just the, the term I right. go to. Cool. So, Morgan, you want to read some of your, what you've written? Put you on the spot. <laughs> <coughs> it's your baby. It is. We can take a look at this. Um, just give me a second. Let me pull it up. Uh, I got to get you elements of style for Christmas. 
Yeah, I just need to go through and and study it. I I picked up a copy, but then I need to go go through it. Yeah, kill kill your wills. I'm still doing. I'm still learning that one. Oh, that's yeah, the author's Bible. Good boy. Yep, I I picked it up. I've gone through it a couple of times, but I really need to get it down. Yeah, you making mistakes. I've I've got it within reach. <laughs> I I still reference mine, and I still break the rules because I'm an idiot. I keep seeing an advertisement for some program that uh, studies your style. Oh, Grammarly. Yeah. I. Does that look interesting, or does it look? It looks horrifying. I don't need to be made obsolete. Thank you very much. I've got one thing. This is my thing. <laughs> you know. I find that when I write things, I have to go back over it and look at the tense because I, I, I keep changing whether it's. I'm I'm horrible tense. with tenses. Yeah. As as Lisa Paddle could easily attest to. Uh. All right. Um. Just I would as I'm I'm as old school traditionalist. I would love a, um to break the introduction into introduction and for the keeper background okay. is not as important. I love that old school, like here's what your players know. And then a couple paragraphs and here's what's actually going on. I love that contrast early in reading a scenario because mm -hmm. you're trying to hook your keeper. Your right. first page your first two pages is you trying to hook your keeper into run this scenario um sure there are four scenarios there are five scenarios in this book but you're going to want to run mine um so again breaking that into uh you know you know introduction and for the keeper and mm -hmm. really spelling it out um, and not even giving everything away, like hinting at it, like give them the flash of ankle up from the skirt, you know, or they'll meet, or they'll meet a horrible sanity shattering end. And they'll like, well, what the fuck happens at the end? And then you want to read the scenario, you know, mm -hmm. okay. you know they, they face, you know, to, to, you know, to face a betrayal and like, oh, there's, there's, there's a betrayal coming up or, you know, you know, or, or right, you know, yeah, don't, they, don't give it all away at the beginning. You know, they face death and exposure in the high desert. And you're like, what? And then, you know, we got, I think we have a blizzard scene someplace. Yep. See, you, you just sprinkle the, the, the marketing of, <laughs> you're, think of it as marketing. Think of it as not just the overview, but the overview and the commercial uh, for okay. the scenario. Like those strong first couple of pages. Because, um, I mean, how many times have you read a collection and you're like, I'm going to run these three and these two I'm not really into. I didn't even finish reading them. Usually it's because they, they don't have a strong two-page hook in the intro. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm not saying you don't. I'm just, as I'm, I'm scanning, I'm not really seeing the, right. the, really the, the, the meat and the sexiness of it. It's a really interesting point because it's not just as simple as a, a GM writing down facts that he's going to use in a game that he's going to run, but we are sell you are selling it mm -hmm. just to the team. Right. You want, you want people to run, run your game. You got to convince them that they should. That, that makes 
total sense. Yeah. At, at this point, you've gotten paid. You've written the scenario. Mm -hmm. you've, you've gotten paid. You're published. You're really happy about that. But if people don't run it, you're never going to build your reputation. Right. If people don't read it, people don't run it. If players don't enjoy it, you will not build your fan base. So the, 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 the ultimate goal is to not get public is not to get published. The ultimate goal is to start building a body of work, mm -hmm. you know, to be part of this community for a, a long in the long term, or at least it should be. I mean, you know, maybe people have a bucket list and they get that one scenario and then they move on to playing oboe. I, I don't know. I'm the douchebag who's written 90 scenarios. So where do you think I fall on that? I think as I'm looking at your writing, what would be a possibly good formatting is after you have uh, For the Keeper and the introduction, you break some of the stuff on page two and three into a timeline of events. Okay. Um, because you have specific things that have happened in the narrative before the players become involved. <clears throat> That's very interesting but it's it's um to break it up and to make it more accessible mm -hmm. a, a a chronological timeline of of how this expedition went south mm -hmm. um with dates because the keeper will then be able to reference this out um as the players mm -hmm. go through the investigation and i wasn't going to really work tonight <laughs> Aha, uh -huh, I got you there, Oscar. It's kind of like, you know, an alcoholic sees a beer. You know, it's like, it's kind of hard not to when you open up the file and you've got the author there. <clears throat> Again, you, you go right into like West Haven. I would break that out, you know. Mm -hmm. Welcome. A small section. Welcome to West Haven. We throw all the West Haven shit in there. Uh, again, the Penman Hotel. You know, yep. can we can we help you, comma the Penman Hotel? Whole another section because there's a lot of stuff going there. Love that you've got the name name in caps, which I I do that all the time. Yep, I could not I could not think of a name. <laughs> you don't need to More, think. Of a name. Wasn't worried about it. <laughs> Just keep going. You'll, you'll figure that out after. <clears throat> There's plenty of name generators and, um, ain't, you know, censuses mm -hmm. from every state. Right. From, you know, the 1900 census by state will be a website you go to a lot. And remember, you don't want the census from the year you're writing it. You want the census from 20 years before. Right. You don't care what they're naming their kids. <laughs> you want to know you what, what they they were named, yeah. You want to know what they were named. Now, Oscar, I run across, <clears throat> when I'm setting up to run <clears throat> a game, I often run across character names that don't come up in a database. It's almost like they've 
purposefully tweaked the last name so that nobody's actually named that. Oh, sure. Have you, have you ever run into that? I mean, it's, yeah, yeah. Uh, you want to, you know, do something fancy. I mean, there's always that one or two people with an odd spelling name or, you know. Like Mr. Corbett, the way they spell Corbett, every time I type it in, it tries to correct my spelling. On right, right. Oh, but that's fine. That's yeah. you're, you're totally able to do that. I, I sometimes just jumble, you know, letters at random to make a, a weird sounding name. Um, I, I actually came up with a, a name for an, an evil character. And my, my editor was like, oh, it's, it's an ethnic stereotype. And I'm like, really? I made it up at random thinking about luchadors. <laughs> it was like, you know, I, 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 I kind of mixed Mumra and, and a luchador fighter name. And I came up with this name. And you're saying it's racist for this group? And she goes, because it sounds that way. I'm like, fine. <laughs> I'll change it. But I was in no way being racist. I was naming him after Mumra and a luchador. It's just, you know, stupid things. But yeah. Uh, <laughs> and spoiler alert for those watching at home yes I will have a, a lich in an upcoming scenario and he was supposed to be named after a lich door <laughs> uh, <laughs> no longer no I had to, I had to change it uh, investigators is that the pre are we talking about the pregens are we talking about involving them yada 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 should be more clear well part one welcome to south dakota and you have literally two pages without any headings so you basically yeah. have a two-page narrative we've got to break that out um, because when a keeper is trying to reference stuff right it's hard to find things and you don't want you don't want to overdo it you don't want like one paragraph to have its reference you know broken out um, three is a good number, unless it's a really big section. And if it's a really big section that has to go under one, you could always indent and make a subheading inside of it. But definitely compartmentalize your information. It makes it so much easier for a keeper um, who's reading this for the first time who didn't write it to run. Uh, you keep reminding me of uh, Kurt Vonnegut. Uh, the cat's cradle. How so? Literally every paragraph has its own header. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Which is a joke in the book because somebody says to him at some point that a person should never index their own book. And he, of course, indexes every single thing in the book. Uh, what the All right. I like what the penmans know and you have each person listed that's a perfect example of compartmentalizing your information for quick reference of a keeper so we want to see more of that that's a very good habit to start to, to develop I see. this is fun I, i'm doing things okay and then i'm right next to them i am doing things not okay that is why we you're you're gonna improve more from the mistakes you make yep. than for the things you get right so <clears throat> Uh, my first mentor wrote me a four-page email and there were three paragraphs on everything I did wrong and the re on right and everything else was what I did wrong but also how I could fix it 
And uh, mm -hmm. to this day, I still call that person my master. Not in a fetish kind of way, of course. Your sensei. In that, yeah, in that bardic master under the red oak kind of training. Uh, my goods. My goods is in the town. Mm -hmm. You don't have to do this, but it would be helpful if you could. Let me see if I can type it in the comments so you can see what I'm trying to say. Uh, do, do, one second. Okay. Uh, we don't have the map yet, or maybe we do. Um, but when you're detailing an area, either a floor plan, an area plan, you know, uh, like a, a town or a big wooded area, um, and you know that that whole next paragraph is going to be about that, you just may want to put that note so that you're reminding yourself to insert it and that in, in some cases commission its creation. Mm -hmm. um, because definitely you're talking about places in this town. So that note would help uh, the layout people know where this needs to go later. And the editor's like, oh, well, we'll have a map here detailing all this place, all these places, so it won't seem so confusing. Um, garage, horse stables, doctor's office, sheriff's office. So you've got the town mm -hmm. nicely detailed. Public library, do uh, West Ham Congressional Church, very good. Uh, Law Public Library should be name of town. Public Library, uh, doctor's office. You should be should be Doctor Weiss's office. Okay. Uh, horse stables. Let's give that a name, and then comma horse stables or in parentheses for stables. Don't need to do that now. Same thing with garage. What uh, what year were we going to set this in? Do you remember? 1920s? I say it here in a second. I was just going to think. Um, 1923, I think. If we're, if we're out in the boonies, would it be cooler to give the library an odd name and call it a free library? I see that sometimes in old libraries that it'll say free library instead of public. Free lending library. I don't know. But I don't I don't think West Haven is that old, I guess. It's yeah, it's not remember there was a prospector town in the area that nobody knew about that it's just like an urban legend. So this town hasn't been here since the old West days. It's more, it's newer than that. Okay. So it sounds like you have a handle on the town. I'm seeing a distinct lack of description in your NPCs, like an elderly woman knitting. Okay. Let's. Right. I, with, with how we were, um, our other play, our other, uh, to break it down with the, with the, um, Oh, you're still waiting. People, on Cause those. people were going to do, because I, I, I could, I could write up right. descriptions, right, but I but don't want to be stepping on their toes that much. No, you know? you're absolutely right. I'm sorry, I forgot that part. 
But we and, need to get them working on that. Yeah, I've I've sent some emails of some things that I would that I want. So. All right. So part two, you just got basically outline notes. Is somebody yeah. else writing part two, or is that still you? That's still me. Okay. Part three and four are Tyler, right? Right. Well, three. So part two, part three, they're kind of the um, ones. Once you're going after the going to try to find the ghost town, the other one they're trying to find the archaeologists. So those two are both mine. It's four and five with the uh, the ghost town and the oh. uh, the caves that are Tyler. Right. I would suggest in the beginning, um, in the opening sections, when uh, after you sold it, after you've gotten for the keeper and background and all that sort of stuff. Um, definitely want a cast list of all of your NPCs with a few words on who they are, but you don't have that yet because other people are making them. So um, you, again, you wanted to in, insert um, insert cast of player, uh, cast of NPC list. Um, I found that very invaluable in my own work because I don't even remember all the NPCs in the scenario and. Uh, you know, if, if players ask what a person's name is and you pause, they instantly metagame and think this person's not important. Um, mm -hmm. And if they ask a player's name and you say it right away, they instantly metagame and think this person is important. So it's good to have all of the NPCs in one place, whether they're important or not, so that when they ask what their names are, you... You just look down a list and say, blah, you have it. Your reaction is firm. There's mm -hmm. no hesitation. And what will happen is they'll think everyone's important. And sometimes they're not. Yeah. Um, so then, so that snaps them out of that metagaming habit of uh, assuming everyone with a name is important. Um, the only way to snap them out of that habit is deliver the name of everyone, you know, quickly have it written down. And, you know, if they're talking to some random person that you just said was, oh, there's a girl at the bus stop, you know, of course you're not going to have a, a name for such an unimportant drop-in rando. Um, mm -hmm. But, or you know. Or you can have a list of random names, which is what I usually do. Yes, or you can have a list of random names just to completely screw them up, which is <laughs> great. It's a little extra work, but it is good to do. Mm -hmm. But definitely everyone you know they're going to run into at one point or another, you want their name in one place. Um, so you can have quick reference to deliver that without hesitation. And I think that's all I got, actually. I think, uh, you know, excellent work uh, at this point. Definitely uh, needs some fleshing out and compartmentalizing, but you've got a good foundation here. All right. Oh. So is there anything else we want to go over today? We're shorthanded, so we don't have, we can't, I want to be able to go over characters next time. So I'm going to push the guys to at least get some of them done. So yeah, we can discuss the NPCs and we can get Tyler here and we can talk further about the the merging of our sections. Right. Good, cool. but. 
Well, yeah, so I don't want to go over Tyler's work until he's here. Until he's and, here. and Tyler's not new. It's not his first rodeo, so... Um, I don't want my help, my advice to come off condescending. <laughs> Tyler's been at this a long time, too. Yeah. All right. Well, our thanks to Oscar Rios and to Morgan Llewellyn for being here tonight. Like, share, and subscribe to our channel and punch that bell icon for updates on our latest shows. And if you'd like to support our show, visit our Patreon account. Just a dollar or two a month helps us a lot. You can find a link in the description below. This is Tom Rayleigh, together with all the members of our gaming club, inviting you to journey with us once again into the darkness for another adventure into the universe of H.P. Lovecraft and the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. Until next time, good luck and good gaming.